0: This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Vic and you're listening to another episode here on the Mindful Experiment. Each week, we have the opportunity to dive in and interview someone who can help us elevate our consciousness, elevate our minds, to elevate our life in some way, shape, or form. This week, I had the pleasure of talking with Joe DeSanto, and we had a great convo on just personal finances. Why it's critically important, how many people actually don't really pay attention to this for retirement and so forth? What are some vehicles that can be utilized to do that? So, and then how, what are some basics that we can learn so that we can really understand the grasp of personal finances, not getting overwhelmed by it, the simplicity behind that, and then how we can create that the, the life that we want to have when we, as we get older. Uh, before we get into the, uh, the, the recording, Joe has spent most of his childhood riding BMW, BM, BMX bikes. Uh, breakdancing and memorizing 80 movies, but his carefree days of youth wouldn't last long. By the time he was 13, he was working as a busboy helping his recently divorced mom, picking up some of his own tab. A valuable lesson was learned. If you don't deal with your money, your money will deal with you. And from that point on, he made it his mission to learn everything he could about making smart money moves. It paid off. At the age of 30, Joe had wiped out 70 k in student loans, bought his first house, and started a post-production company in Los Angeles. Over the next decade, the company grew to 30-plus employees with over $5 million in annual revenue, while producing two critically acclaimed documentaries and an Emmy-winning HBO series. During this time, he and his wife also transacted on 15 residential and commercial real estate properties, but nothing had more life-changing impact than the birth of their son. After a successful 19-year run in LA, the couple decided to slow down and invest in their new family. They cashed out of the business and bought into a small-town life on the Florida coast. Having semi-retired at the age 43, Joe's efforts are now focused on his educational blog, playlouder.com, where he shares a lifetime of fiscal know-how to help individuals and business owners navigate their finances, increase their net worth, and play better for their future. Great episode. Take a pen and paper, get ready. Here is Joe DeSanto. Joe, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Vic. How are you, man? Thanks for having me.
0: I'm doing awesome, brother. I'm excited to have you here. Uh, I think we're going to have an amazing conversation that is much more needed in the world and for, especially for people, especially the day and age we're living. And it's just not. Enough, um, as you already know. Um, before we get into that good stuff, I wanted to know just to share with the listeners: How did you get into what you're doing today? What, what motivated you or inspired you to, to go this path?
1: Well, um, in case anyone's not exactly aware what I'm doing, I I really am essentially like I guess personal fire, finance guru and kind of authority blogger, and also uh, coach people and getting their financial act together and. It, it happened because it was something that I was interested in. I was always interested in personal finance, owning a business, those sorts of things. I was always interested in real estate. Uh, these are all luckily just good hobbies and interests to have. Uh, you know, They pay dividends. But up previous to doing this, I owned my own business um, with some partners in Los Angeles. It was a production and post-production company. And uh, it was pretty successful. And ultimately, really, I just got kind of burnt out I guess and we had we had our son and it turns out that kids are like a lot of work I guess I didn't really know that (laughs) I think I knew it a little bit but maybe not to the degree that that it turned out to be true and my wife and I just decided to kind of blow up our lives and like try to like think about doing it differently and and create more family time because we were both working full-time in Los Angeles which was great before the kid and we loved that but it just was really competing you know with the family life thing and Luckily, all the all the financial planning and personal finance interests and real estate investing all, you know, kind of paid off uh, and it put us in a position to make that kind of change. Um, so but we did end up what I call retreating to cheaper ground, which was we, we moved from Los Angeles to Florida. So we live on, on the, the west coast of Florida on the Gulf, which is great. And. What You know, it's funny, like when I was owning the business, I had many assistants. I, I sort of mentored a lot of young people and, you know, they would always see me or hear me talking about real estate on the phone because as a business owner, you can do other things, you know, not just, you know, the job you're hired to do, which is really critical, I think. And, you know, my friends would ask or my, my assistants and coworkers would be like, oh, what's going on? What are you doing in real estate? Blah, blah. And then I'd tell them about personal finance and, you know, I sort of in, in interweaved that into my sort of mentoring. Some of them grabbed onto it more than others, but oftentimes they would say, you know, you should teach a class at the community college or something like that. And I that always actually sounded like kind of a fun idea. And then, you know, cut, cut to now, well, the class is online, you know, you do it through your blog or through online courses and whatever, of course, which I have, I have someone on the, some on the topics. And uh, that just was like the natural segue. I was like, you know, I thought about it, like maybe someday, you know, I will do that. Uh, and then the time came and uh, and that's what I'm doing. Along with also, though, what what it turns out is that, you know, I look at personal finance and managing your money, It, it just like any hobby. You know, some people are interested in exercise and that's a great hobby to be interested. That's very helpful. Um, some people are interested in see or whatever, and that's not so good on the personal finance front, but fun. Um, but being interested in personal finance, you know, does does pay dividends, but not everyone's into it. So if you're if you're not into it and a lot of people are not, I'm noticing that it's just hard for people to get into it. You know, it's like getting to the gym or whatever. And it does take time. So it's like, you know, people are busy. So a lot of people just started saying, hey, will you will you do it for me? <laughs> uh, so I do also just kind of do it for um, both businesses and individuals as like a fractional CFO. and Kind of personal business manager of some like higher income individuals and, and so on. So I kind of do it on like a broad spectrum now.
0: <clears throat> I love that. And you know the 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 you know a lot of my work on money is a huge and, and you know same for you. It's it's a huge emotional attachment. You know people have like Matthew McConaughey. He he was talking one time and he was talking about how he went back to Louisiana to see his roots in New Orleans and and he was. Uh, he loves he was going into a voodoo shop and he goes, this happens all the time. He goes in there and they have all these potions, and emotions and things for all these things you can have, like love and all this. And he goes, there's one for money. And he goes, I always see that one being empty. It's always an empty <laughs> shelf. He goes, there's some here for pregnant you know, fertility and this and that. He goes, but they're, they're, they're not empty. He goes, the one for money always is. The money so, one is
1: always sold out, basically.
0: <laughs> always sold out. It's a basically a high demand, in other words. Right. But yet. In your experience in, 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 in what you do, how much do people actually take time to get their personal finances in order to where it can pay dividends for them, uh, not just now, but most
1: more importantly into the future. in, in the, the future? I would say a very small percentage, uh, to be honest with you. And I mean, also, I guess I should say that the people who do have it as their hobby and are into it, like myself they're probably doing it for themselves and they're not probably hitting me up though. So some of them actually do just cause they want to compare notes and make sure that they're covering all the bases. But I think, I think it's a, uh, in the, the majority of people are not really doing it. And some, some of it's because, you know, they just don't have the time They they make good money. Like all my clients make money, but they just don't have the time. They're very busy. Other people I think are, are scared to do it because, you know, they're scared of finding out like what the results are going to be, you know, uh, which, which is reasonable. But that's no no good reason to not do it. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, a lot, a lot of people do. And I think also a lot of people kind of hit me up. They, they'll be in their 40s, really, and they're kind of like, they have a couple kids, and, and they're getting tired. You know, you get tired of working, and the kids kind of get you tired, and they're like, God, you know, I just – I'm worried that I haven't paid enough attention to this, and that I'm not going to be prepared. Um, so luckily, they're calling. But usually, the the answer to that you know inquiry is sort of yeah, you're right. You probably you haven't paid enough attention to it. But it's never too late, you know. I mean, you know, the 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 sooner you get started, the better, you know. And, and then I, I always say this: you should encourage your kids when they come to you know the high school age, get them into it asap, you know, because it's actually exciting and. I look at it as running the business of you, you know, it's like your whole life. It's like, you're setting out as a young person in your career, you want to make the most of your life. You want to have, ultimately, I think the most important thing about having money is like having options to do different things that you want to do when you want to do it. Um, so like this, the sooner you see that as like a fun challenge and a fun, like, you know, uh, ride to be on the better, you know? And, and doing your bookkeeping and sort of figuring out where you are in, with money in your life and where you're headed and have a plan and all that just, I think, gives you uh, confidence. I think it reduces anxiety and stress, uh, which is good for your longevity, um, and gets you in a good mindset to to make better maneuvers and um, you know, get further ahead faster, I think.
0: <clears throat> no, I love that. I love how you bring it up for teenagers, because I think when it comes to personal finances, there's, I think, there's only like four states that actually teach that. And I think Florida just became a state that you can't graduate um, high school. You have to go through. I don't know if it's a personal finance class or, uh, I don't know what the details are of the class. Or I noticed anything. that. I think I got an email about that, and I was, I was kind of. I'm proud of Florida for that. <laughs> yeah, I was very happy to see that. I'm like finally we're getting back to what really matters and what we really need to learn rather than not saying algebra and trigonometry and all that fun stuff is great, but um you know I had to take trig and cal- calculus and all this stuff and I'm like yeah, I don't use that in my life ever. Um, you know, no. I, don't even, I, don't I do use
1: algebra though. I do yeah. use algebra all the time in Excel. If you get into spreadsheets, you are using algebra. As it turns out, in spreadsheets, and it's, and so I'm, I'm always like, wow, this actually is incredibly helpful.
0: It is right. <laughs> I know. I, lo- I love using Excel. Geometry,
1: so. trigonometry, calculus, not so much.
0: <clears throat> you know, I had to use, you know, I do, I love doing woodworking a little bit. So I'm like, I'm kind of thankful for some of the geometry I learned. Cause like when I got to make an angle and I'm like, what do I cut this angle if I do it here, but then what's the length of measure? And I'm like, oh yeah, Pythagoras' theorem. Yeah. Let me put that together. <laughs> and then I'm like, <laughs> nice. there it is. I figured it out. So, but
1: yeah. Woodworking so, and spreadsheets.
0: <clears throat> yeah. There we go. Right. Um, You know, it's, it's, but it's, I think it's critical. And you brought up another point too. It's never, it's, it's always sooner is always better than later. Um, that's why I love health and and wealth because they, they go hand in hand, right? The more, the earlier Mm -hmm. you focus on your health, the more longevity you have, whether it, you can start later. Um, but there's, there's going to be conditions and some, some points of no return. So it's just, we have to manage a lot more, uh, when it comes to that point, what are some things that people can, you know, basic tips or tools that they can start to do today or, uh, advice that you can start to, that they can start. Looking at it because I know you saw brought up some things about like sometimes they just don't have the time, so i'm assuming personal finances uh there is a time component that comes to that
1: yeah i mean it obviously everything takes time like if you exercise that takes time whatever um but you know it's 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 As I said before, I call it the business of you. So, like you know, you could try to figure out how to make it like the most or the least time-consuming thing ever, and spend one minute a week on it. And you know, you're probably going to get the the commensurate benefit of that. I think you know you can do it once you kind of get going. You know, get set up maybe an hour every couple of weeks to spend kind of looking at it. But ultimately, the the linchpin is doing bookkeeping. I, I think for your life, using some sort of computer software you know whether that be like web based or even on your computer like I use quicken for example but there's tons of things and you know tracking your spending you're tracking your income and and expenses and essentially knowing that you make more money than you spend in a given month because that ultimately is your savings like no matter you know I'm I'm not a big fan of like all the different budgeting systems like I know people need to sort of be like you know entertained I guess and I appreciate that but you know I'm I'm more like just kind of stick to the basics I guess but at the end of the day, no matter what your budgeting system is, no matter how much you're putting in your 401k whatever, if you don't make more than you if you if you spend more than you make, you're not saving money. It Doesn't matter if you've routed, you know, money to an account or this or that or the other. Like you really need to know that you're you're having a net profit every month and every year. That's your true savings. And the only way to know that is to actually keep track of it. Um so and then, you know, there is like the whole budgeting concept of it, but I always say to people, you can't really make a an accurate budget until you know kind of roughly how much your life costs, you know, and, the, and you, you only know that if you do a little bit of tracking. So it, that's a lot, honestly, where I lose some people. They're just like, Oh man, it just, you know, it sounds like a hassle and whatever. And I'm like, you know, it's, I, I, I like it. it I, I kind of find it cathartic, but not everybody does. And if you choose not to do it, you know, obviously this is America you can do whatever you want, but you will suffer the consequences eventually. So If, uh, you know, you don't mind getting fat and dying early, you know, don't ever worry about exercise and eat as much as you want. Um, so it's fine. You can do that. But so I'm a little bit of a hard ass coach, I guess (laughs) instead of time for like spoon feeding it, you know, it's pretty basic. Just get to it, you know, but, um, I don't even know if I'm making it sound that exciting, but that's, that's it. It's like, pay attention, do some bookkeeping make sure you're uh, making more than you're spending and then constantly tighten it up and short up and try to improve things and a lot of times what this leads to is hey I need to make more money you know and really that's the part that you can be you know, kind of going on offense and be proactive about like hey you know should I ask for a raise at work hey like should I do that side business hey maybe I should convert you know and get out of work in W two and actually start a business. You know, well, well, I'll have more potential income and more control over my time. Like I, to me, it's motivational to see the results and say, okay, now I know what I need to do. Um, so, and and that's always been the case for me. So I try to encourage people, you know, to to look at that as as a positive and look at this whole process as a motivational process. Um, and I think I, I succeed in in some cases on that for sure you know but some people are just like ah, i don't feel like it so i'm gonna wing it
0: yeah no totally are you a fan then of like i mean it sounds like you are with like using quicken or something like that because it does this already in a sense but like setting budgets to certain things
1: yeah i'm like so like i have a budget you know and all all this is like on my website either in a free form if you want to dig through or, or i have like a paid course that literally walks you through exactly what you need to do i give you the budget i give you like a retirement planning spreadsheet so you can see how much money you need to save and over how much time and all that sort of stuff. So I think that's a way to start because it just reduces a whole bunch of like guesswork. You just sort of like buy this little course and it walks you through it and kind of gets you set up. But yeah, you do some tracking then eventually you kind of say, okay, this is what I make. This is roughly what my life is costing. Am I doing okay? Am I saving enough? And if not, you know, there's two ways to improve that. There's spend less, make more. Uh, spending less isn't always that easy. I mean, there's, there's a lot of like low hanging fruit there. There's no question about it, but you can only, you can only like sort of reduce your spending, you know, so to so much benefit, you know what I mean? Like eventually you you really got to go on offense. I always say the best defense is a good offense. Uh, and you got to focus on, you know, your income and, and making sure that's really where it needs to be. And I also am not a fan of like living, you know, super frugally, frankly. I mean, I, I guess I'm a little bit of the fire movement type person because they sort of semi-retired early, but I don't want to live on $20,000 a year. I mean, that just doesn't sound like any fun to me. Um, you know, what can I say? So I just want to, I want to make sure, I guess I'm a fat fire. I guess I want to make sure I have enough money to, like do what I want, have fun and but not be stressed, you know, every time like i you know, buy something or go somewhere, you know?
0: Just want to take a quick break here and just share with you. If you've been enjoying this episode, please do me a huge favor and just share it with a friend, a family member, someone that you know would benefit or enjoy listening to this just like you are. If this is your first time listening to the episode Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. It uh, allows you not to miss another update or episode release that we do. If you're enjoying this, please do me a huge favor and sh- share a review on whatever platform that you listen to at uh, the podcast on. It, it helps expand our reach and our mission out there and so much more. Now, let's go ahead and let's get back to the show. It's a good way to live, not having to worry about it. You can just do what you want and it's all taken care of. I like Honestly, that. See,
1: that's the best part of like getting ahead of this stuff is like, you know, you don't have to worry so much about money if, if you figure it out. Now, I'm not saying that it's like, you know, doing a budget and tracking finances is going to solve all your financial problems. It's not. I mean, ultimately income solves your financial problems <laughs> uh, or hitting the lottery. You know, that's a win too. Um, but most likely it's going to come from your income. But uh if you take it seriously and get ahead of it like it just just makes your life so much more pleasant, you know. It's just I say I say to people, you know, and uh, like money can't buy your happiness, but it can make the road there much less bumpy, you know. That's pretty much my philosophy about it.
0: <clears throat> no, it's true. I mean, once, you know, you get those needs met, then from there it's like okay, now there's more opportunities to do things and enjoy more and have those those opportunities with that when it when it comes to looking in the long term is it is i'm assuming this is individual because each individual wants has different men like you're like i like to have just be able when i get the older i get i want to be able to spend and i have to think about it whereas you know is there like looking at numbers to what like i remember when i was in chiropractic school someone said what's your number and i was like what do you mean mm-hmm. and they're like and i know you know where, i know you know where i'm going with this and i was like yep. i don't know what you're talking about and he's like what's your number what, what number do you need to get to to enjoy your life and have a literally never have to worry about money again. And I was like, mm-hmm. crap, I don't know. And I was mm-hmm. like, I have, to, I have to figure that out. Do you do kind of that work yeah. for helping people?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that I call it my, it's a course I call the financial independence roadmap and and ultimately it is about figuring out what that number is. Um, now That's a tricky question because it's like that number could actually be pretty darn high. Like if you're just going to like have zero concern, live in America at like a high level, all that, you know, and sort of follow the basic tenets of like retirement planning, that that number could be kind of scary high and almost unachievable for, for the vast majority of Americans, unfortunately. So part of my process is, okay, like you think about what you want your life to be like within reason. And it's also like, where maybe do I want to live when I'm retired? Like, what do I want to do? You know, there's, there's all sorts of options to get that number to be like a manageable number. Um, and then it's kind of, I call it kind of like reverse engineering your retirement. Once you kind of have that rough idea, and you're like, okay, this is what this is the age I'm at. This is what, what I got so far. And simple spreadsheet, really, uh, that algebra that I mentioned earlier, it's all done, done in my spreadsheets that I give, is like, how much do I need to save? And how much does that saving need to earn in terms of like an investment return in order for me to hit that number by a rough date? You know, And again, it's like, this is like, we don't know exactly how long we're going to live. All sorts of stuff. So it's not a perfect science, but it's just like having this rough plan that gets you to a number, you know, um, that, yeah, that basically, you know, is going to give you the options you want, you know? And I think a lot of times too, like for young people, 20, 20s and 30s, it's like retirement's kind of a sleepy topic. I like to call it financial independence because it's more exciting and, and it's financial independence is something that maybe you're doing more earlier in your life, kind of like me versus retirement. You know, you always think of like 65, 70 or whatever, but you know, we're all headed to retirement whether you think you are or not. Like, you know, I don't care like how long you think you're going to be working. You know, you will probably get tired, you might get aged out, you might get physically like, you know, moved out of work whatever. Eventually, you will be stuck with kind of like what you achieved and like having that last hopefully a long time or as long as you needed to. So, it, you don't, you, again, you just don't want to leave it up to chance. You got to put a little bit of effort and thought into it. Um, and, and hopefully by doing that, you will, you will master it and then you will be in full control and not, as I say, living in a double wide, like next to the highway, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which I, if, I live in Florida, so I see a lot of those and I, I'm always like, I wonder if they didn't put enough time to their retirement planning. I think it's quite possible, but you know, I'm, I'm not judging.
0: That's funny. And so let's talk then too, then, because we talked about savings. And then what are some like, and I know this is hard, it's different for each individual and stuff too, but what are some common investing uh, tools that people can use to kind of help themselves, you know, get to that, uh, you know, allow them to get more of that financial independence?
1: Yeah. I mean, when it comes to the investing point, and by the way, I, I kind of, I kind of, I guess not lump, but I, I organize all this stuff into what I call three pillars. Um, my, one of my slogans is: "You have to be financially imprudent, and prudent, business minded, and investing focused." And and like so financially prudent is like doing doing the personal book personal uh, finance sort of stuff, um, mining your money and all that. business minded is sort of being entrepreneurial, being focused and worried about your income and trying to you know master that. And then the investing focus is realizing that. I'm never gonna save enough just from my income alone, most likely I need to grow my savings through investing. Um, and, you know, there's, it, it's a whole world, the whole financial, you know, industry, <laughs> services industry exists to solve this problem for people. But it really also ultimately does come down to like, I need to get a certain return on my money, like on average in order to reach my goal, you know, and, and you can kind of figure out what that amount would be. You could say, hey, I need to get 100 percent a year. Well, that's just not gonna happen. You know, uh, what am I so what what can you roughly expect? And I think the financial services industry, you know, will pat themselves on the back if they get you a seven percent compound annual return. Uh, but I think between you know, without owning your own real estate, you know, you could probably expect but doing like real estate syndications or stock market investing or whatever. You know, hope to get between a seven and fifteen percent return, compound annual, not, not, and that's averaged over many years. But you have to work at that, you know. And I think I think real estate probably delivers better returns uh, with less risk, uh, frankly, than just the general stock market. But if, it depends who, you know, what your, I guess, you know, comfort level is and so on. But most people I, in my writings, you'll see that they're either going to be invested in the public markets, the stock the stock market, or have some mix of stocks and bonds, you know, which would sort of be the, the Boglehead sort of philosophy, or they're going to do personally owned real estate or real estate syndications. Like I did a lot of, you know, owning single family rentals uh, for my business. We bought two commercial buildings. I basically said, you know... I, I, and, and oh, and then I should say, actually, what I generally recommend, though, as the number one thing people should do in most cases is buy their own home. Uh, I, I think that that is like the, the the best number one investment you can make because you're spending money on rent anyway. Uh, so you can sort of parlay that into an investment and owning your own home, at least for now, the, the US government wants to incentivize that, so they give us very large tax breaks uh, for owning the real estate that we live in. So I think that's the best and one of the best and easiest real estate investments you can do, and I think it generally ends up being most people's retirement fund, um, and that should be where people start. Now, I've done the math on renting versus owning. It, you can find it on my website. It generally, you know, I would say by by and large, um, the math is for owning. Though there are some markets like New York. Like if you happen to live in a rent-controlled apartment in New York, and you're paying two thousand dollars a month, in the equivalent unit to buy would be one point five million. Well, the math on that actually would would tell you that. You shouldn't buy, you should stay in the rent control department and just invest all the money you would have otherwise put into buying the house. Um, but that's kind of the rare scenario. I think most places in America, even today, um, your, your your best bet is to buy your own house, you know. And unfortunately it's tough because you know, the real estate market is usually at the high at any given time. Uh, so it's always hard, I think, for some people that are about real estate to be like, oh, I'm buying the top of the market, you know. But Most of the time it is at the top of the market. You know, there's not much you can do. Um, So buy your own house. Then you're going to look probably at stock market investments and or potentially real estate syndication type stuff if you want to do real estate without like buying your own properties. And then after that, you know, you could uh, look into buying your own real estate, single family rentals, multifamily rentals. Um, If you get really into it, you know, bigger multi-unit. Apartment buildings, um, real estate for me has been our main um, investment performer. Uh, so you know, I'm a fan of it, and I talk a lot, of, a lot of it, a lot about it on my website. But it takes work, so that's you know, that's the downside of real estate. It's it's not as passive. I don't think as everyone seems to indicate that it is online. No, I can't you know, agree. I mean, real estate syndications are passive. I will say that. <clears throat>
0: Okay. No, I appreciate that. And that that's a great way to give the big picture on it all because it's always one of those things where you're not going to be able to hit those marks just saving your money. You have to put it in something to grow in some way, shape, or form. And I love the 7 to 15% returns. That's compounding that. Woof, that's some yeah. good money 20
1: years down the road. I mean, road. If, you know, getting to the 15 part, you got to do your homework. You know, if you just hand your money over to to, um, to Wall Street, which is not necessarily a bad thing to do. And some people, that's all they can do. I think you're probably going to be looking more on the long-term on, on the lower side of that. Um, you know, the more the more effort, the more potential return you get, but you got to do it. I mean, and the funny thing is a lot of people that do call me, as I mentioned before, like in their 40s, they've saved money. A lot of times, though, it's sitting in a savings account because they're a bit paralyzed about investing it, which I understand. You save money, you don't want to lose it. I, I, I hate losing any money that's invested. It makes me sick to my stomach. So it can be hard to do. Um, But just letting your savings sit in a savings account uh, is not going to do you any favors, unfortunately. You do have to go out and take some of the, the investing risk
0: and I'm I'm very much like you. I love real estate. Uh, I've done a couple in the last you know few years. Like we bought when I was in Chicago. When we bought my when I bought my first house, it was an investment house. Like I was like, we're going to treat this like an investment. But we lived there for four or five years. But um, yeah. and I'm glad we did that because it paid off. Market was just you know coming on the up when we did that. Um, you living in Florida is actually a beautiful thing right now. I must say, I'm in Tennessee. It's a beautiful thing right now.
1: Yeah, we. <laughs> I mean, uh, we. Definitely got lucky. We got Florida 2018 and bought a few properties, bought three, um, and I'm glad we did. Uh, we sold one already, um, and, and kind of capitalized on on the improvements. But yeah, Florida, especially our area, really took off. You know, though so I will say, if I had stayed in California, California <laughs> did amazing too. So. Uh, but I probably netted out to be the same, um, luckily. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's. I treat all my re- residences as investments, and and honestly, I think one of the, you know, the easiest things people can do uh, is kind of looking at their their houses as an investment, like a living. I call it the live and flip. You know, it's like you buy a house that needs some work in your younger year. It's a starter house. You you work on it. You fix it up. You either be the general contractor. You do some work yourself. Whatever. You make improvements. And then you sell it, and if you're there for two years uh, at least, you get up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars as a single person, or five hundred thousand dollars as a married couple of free capital gains. So if you were to do that every four years, um, you know that alone <laughs> is a great real estate investment strategy. It's pr- and it's probably one of the most lucrative, best tax advantaged ones outside of getting into you know l- large multifamily or something like that. Um, so, but you know, that doesn't always fit into everybody's, uh, lifestyle or whatever. Uh, but that, that's just like, I think the easiest, simplest things to do. And uh, you're investing in real estate and uh, you're getting great tax breaks and you're taking your rent and turning it into something. And then also the other thing about owning a house is there's an emotional benefit to owning a house. In my opinion, you know, it's like, you can't be kicked out your rent can't be raised outside of like your taxes going up. Um, You know, you have pride in your property. You can do improvements and things you want to do, and you're going to reap the benefit of this thing. There's just so many things, you know, that are um, beneficial to owning your own house. Um, So obviously this conversation is a little bit geared towards younger people who might be just thinking about that or on the fence, but, um, but
0: yeah. No, I appreciate that. (laughs) Joe, how can people find you, follow you, see what you're up to, your courses and all that good stuff?
1: Yeah, this is my website. It's Um, playlouder.com. My slogan is work smarter, plan better, play louder. Um, And on there, you know, you could could get all my information for free if you want to read all my articles. If you want more, you know, focused, curated uh, version of the information, I have three courses on there. One's called the Financial events Roadmap. It's all about doing this planning that we were talking about. One is called um, Incorporate, Manage Your Business. So if you're doing a side hustle or whatever, or uh, you're an independent contractor, there are benefits to incorporating and that sort of stuff. So I have a little course about that. And then one about managing um, and understanding how to make money in real estate, you know, in, in real estate investing profits. So... That's the best place. I don't really do social media because I think it's poison. Um, Though I do post stuff on social media, but it's a plugin on my website that automatically does it. So I'm totally cheating. Uh, But uh, maybe LinkedIn is the place i probably like respond to stuff the most.
0: Awesome, brother. Well, I want to thank you for taking time to, to, to spend some time with us here at the Mindful Experiment and uh, share how to level up with our personal finances. I think there's never enough information and learning and just constantly giving reminders to really take action on this. Because the sooner we do this, the more you can reap the benefits later down the road. Um, and the sooner, the bigger, the, the, bigger the, the, the pot of what you'll have too. So I uh, appreciate Absolutely, you, brother.
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Thank you so
0: much for having me. I appreciate it. Until next time, keep rocking and rolling.